Hey everyone, I'm sure you're wondering why we're in your podcast feed on a Monday. We have so many episodes lined up for you and we want to make sure we get them out while still timely and relevant. So enjoy today's bonus episode and come back on Wednesday for another one. I'm not saying that I'm drinking, but I'm saying that drinking may come up today. So enjoy. And thanks for listening. This is NP. This is Well Seasoned Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Have a blessed day. Beat the devil out of (laughs) it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Well Season. What? The podcast. We are going to talk about something that is so highly relevant right now in the age of COVID, and it is about selling. So Patrick, who are we with today? Today we have a very special guest and I am honored to have her on. We kind of sprung this one on her last minute and she agreed to do it, but no surprise there once you know who we're talking about. This is Navar Campbell, CMP. She is the event sales and service manager at Bush Gardens Tampa Bay, but she is also the president of MPI Tampa Bay chapter. Mm-hmm. What? What? We only do big things here. Only big things. An MPI president. <laughs> only big things. She also has a awesome Instagram feed. It's called A Campbell and a Cocktail. And maybe we'll have her, if we have time, talk about that a little bit later. So welcome, Navar. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Is there anything you want to add to that? All of your titles and all the importance. I feel like the minion right now. I'm in the presence. Yeah, Patrick, that was a great introduction. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been a joy being a part of MPI Tampa Bay. It's how I got to meet both of you. So uh, MPI is just such a great organization organization, but love what I do at my park and what I do on my Instagram just brings so much joy at home. And that's what it should be, right? Like people go to social media and they get all stressed out and they want to live up. It should be your joy. So that's awesome. Like Stacey, your joy on your social media feeds is mostly about your cooking. That's it. I cook everything and I, I could spend days cooking. Like I have done sous vide for like 48 hours and I enjoy it. (laughs) And the two of you guys, both of your feeds on your Instagram look so professionally done. Awesome shots of a drink, awesome shots of of food. But mine's a little all over the place. But I guess if I had a patch, it would just be the kids because, you know, whatever. Everybody loves my kids more than they love me. But that's a different story and I'm not jealous. All the time. You should be. (laughs) They're stinking cute. They really are. One of them was just out here with me and made an appearance a a minute ago, but he's disappeared since. Funny because he's walking around with his helmet on. Yeah. Who knows? He might be back. (laughs) We'll jump right into today's topic. Today, we wanted to talk about selling in the age of COVID. I asked Navarre on because she has been instrumental in virtual networking events, both within MPI and and other areas. So she can talk about that from that angle, but also talk about her job during this COVID situation that we're dealing with. Let's start by talking about virtual networking. We can talk about platforms if we want. But one thing that I think is interesting is times of these virtual events. What platforms have you used in this virtual networking, not a virtual conference, but virtual networking, Navarre or Stacey, that you guys find the best? In terms of virtual networking, I find that everyone is pretty much sticking to the go-tos, right? They have a lot of Zooms. They have go-to meetings. You're seeing a little bit of Microsoft Teams pop up. 
And of course, now because of COVID, a lot of people are getting onto the special platforms, like the individual platforms where you could have like trade show and your breakout meetings and whatnot. I don't know what you're seeing a lot of on your side, Nimbar. Yeah, I'm definitely more Zoom based. It always throws me off when I don't check a meeting notice before I go and log in. I'm like, oh no, I don't have this one. I know, exactly, right? I have to get all signed up. That is annoying, Navar, because it's like today you're automatically thinking, okay, we're so busy with so many back, back, back virtual meetings. It's like, okay, Zoom, I've got my GoToMeeting, I've got my Teams downloaded. And then somebody sends you one for meeting XYZ, new one that you have to download. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't realize. And then you're like scrambling right. and like you start sweating. And like, <laughs> you're like, I'm running late because I didn't realize it's going to take me 10 minutes to download this new platform or I have to get online and I have to sign up here. And it's not very consistent. Like with Teams, I notice, especially with Teams Live, people have the ability to log on anonymously. You don't actually see who you're speaking to unless they're in the chat and they say, I had to log on anonymously, but my name is Stacy, And I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. There's just so many platforms out there now. And obviously we're seeing way more because of what's happening. And that could be so frustrating because you have to learn about it. But like, I know there's just a time element of it because that's the only way we can get in front of people. Are you noticing that it's starting to encroach on your personal time? everyone's having a meeting at every time of day and they want you there. Like, how are you managing that? Oh, wow. Yeah. It seems like I am now taking, it's going to sound terrible, taking Zoom calls in the car on my way home from work. Might have the video off, but I still want to be a part of it and not miss out. Or like, maybe it's time that, like, while we're in quarantine, time wasn't an issue. It was like, I could take a Zoom at six o'clock because I hadn't done anything all day. And now I'm juggling work and being home. And I'm like, do I still sign on to this? Even though it's kind of late. And I'm like, yeah, might as well. Yes. That work-life balance where we as a society have always done a really horrible job of the work-life balance and COVID happened. And it was like this automatic assumption, especially within the events world that you had nothing to do. Like you were automatically let go or you were furloughed and, you know, you have to stay relevant. So you have to attend all of these things. And it's exactly what you said. I can't tell you the amount of times I've taken a Zoom call in Costco or on my way to doing whatever, where I'm just like, I don't want to sit in front of a computer again. I just want to be outside. So you're sitting outside in your backyard because what else? I mean, outside's yeah. closed. You can't really do much. So it's really hard. How do you balance that? And Patrick, like you said, you have twins. How are you balancing it with all these calls? It's super difficult. And I I won't say that I'm necessarily proficient at it either. And I personally probably need to do a better job at that work-life balance. But one of the things like Navar said that I think is interesting because during the height of quarantine and, you know, right now we're at this weird place and some people are still quarantined, some people aren't, and things are getting back to normal in some places, but not in others. But like Navar was saying that she is back to work. So at the beginning of COVID, like the happy hours became popular. And me and the networking side loved the happy hours because I was actually getting to know more people more frequently and bringing more people into my personal network, also enabling me to be able to expand my network outside of just my area. But you know, the, back then, the happy hours were four or five o'clock. But now, because some people are going back to work, they're getting pushed back. And now what that's meaning for certain people is, okay, Navarre is in the car. 
you're at Costco. Me, I'm here at my house. Riley, we're still in the, the strict quarantine, but I've been now in my home office working all day on proposals, reaching out to people. But then at night, it's maybe I go eat dinner and then I come back to my office and then I'm I'm working more. My wife is asking, well, why are you doing this? Well, you know, I have to expand my network. So it's like a weird time thing that's going on, especially because we're all in different places and all in different situations. I'm in Northern Nevada. I'm in Reno and there's still obviously some restrictions that's in place. Things have opened up, but there's still a lot of restrictions in place. And, you know, it's just about your comfort level. Are you ready to actually re-enter the world? But I find that there's just also still an oversaturation of these events. I know companies that's doing a virtual event every day of the week. Yeah. And then the sales rep that's doing one specialty for their region every Thursday. And then there's maybe their region that's doing one every Friday. Navar, what's your company doing in terms of virtual events? Are you guys doing a lot or? company since I'm a theme park, we're not doing anything virtual. The most is what I'm actually doing for my clients. I did kind of see with getting familiar with Zoom during all of this, I've now found new ways of like reaching my clients instead of having them come out physically for a site that isn't always the easiest, especially if it's a client out of city or out of state. I've now moved to more of a virtual platform for my site tours and being able to walk them through it all more than just the proposal that they've received. But like for MPI, we went from having two virtual networking events a week. We did a coffee talk every Tuesday morning and then a five o'clock somewhere every Thursday. So now we do one a week and it rotates between a Tuesday or a Thursday. And we've definitely seen like our numbers drop off, but the same time we have members that we're trying to keep engaged it's hard if you keep it going for the few or do you kind of start to eliminate it completely because tampa's like reno in that most things are back to normal you just have to wear a mask you mentioned two things there that I thought was interesting. Now that we're kind of getting back into the routine with MPI, you kind of have to shift what you were doing before. But let's talk about what you're doing at Bush Gardens, because what I find fantastic about what you just said is so many people are doing these Zoom meetings and it's you sit there, you talk, you might share a presentation, but now you're doing it as your virtual walkthrough, right? So how are you actually conducting that? Because that is something that is a little bit different. You don't have to feel like you're just in an office. Are you literally walking with a phone? Are you doing a PowerPoint? How do you do that? So I've done both options. Okay. So um, like I know there's plenty of really cool platforms out there that you can do like this. 360 tours with and stuff but like right now isn't the time a company can kind of invest in those options so it's getting really nitty-gritty I'm very lucky to have a great photographer and videographer on our team so I can always ask him for some photos so um, professional photo wise I've put together a PowerPoint that kind of walks our clients through each of our different spaces and since we're a theme park it's not the standard four wall ballroom it's seeing a area of the park and how you can activate it so I've done that and then I've also just gotten on FaceTime or Zoom and like physically walked through the park and showed them the animals and yeah I think that's awesome because like as a planner I need to be in the space I want to feel the space and see the room and there's a reason why we conduct site visits right you could see the pictures online but it's different to kind of experience it the thought of, okay, yeah, I'm getting on this Zoom conference, but it's not the usual. Like we're going to be talking, we're going to be walking. She's going to be showing me the space. I think is 
such a draw. Or even with my team, what I've started doing is we're moving away from the seated Zoom meeting and we'll take the phone and just walk with the dog. Or now everyone's doing the what's growing in your backyard, you know, just something different because it can just get repetitive. So I do like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, 100%. I want to go back a little bit to what Navarre was saying about keeping those members engaged. With MPI? One thing that I found, yeah, yeah, with MPI and one, and and just networking in general, one thing that we found is I do know um, from MPI Global, their education is on an all time high. So people are trying to go back, get some certifications, you know, filling their time up with this. But what we've been finding on our chapter level with our chapter events, with our chapter education, our numbers virtually weren't very high. We were getting much higher numbers on our networking side than on our, our education side, which was interesting. Because MPI Global is reporting that they're receiving so much in their education. But what we're finding down here in, in our market is just people wanted to connect and stay connected. And mm-hmm. overall, that's the, the point of our industry, right? MPI's thing is, you know, when we meet, we change the world. It's about having people there in the ballroom, in person, live. And right now, because we can't do that, we're striving for the next best thing. I know that there's a fear for some people that are like, some of these virtual things have gotten so much better. No, this is not going to take the place. This is going to be a temporary thing. And maybe... Maybe some of this will be integrated for the future. But I guess my rant here is people want to have that connection with other people. I can't tell you how many times that I've signed up for what I thought was going to be a virtual networking event. And you get on and it's actually a webinar. And then you're like, oh, oh man, I'm on here because I wanted to connect with somebody. Yeah, you know, and now I'm like, oh, I'm on this webinar and comment in the chat or whatever. And maybe if I see somebody I know, chat back and forth with them in the chat while the webinar is going on. But I want more of that connection. I've been striving for that connection in our in our industry. I think there's so much going on now. Navar, you were saying we don't have the funds to do a lot right now in our industry. You got to make whatever tools work. And I think that has caused us to be more forgiving in a lot of ways. We're event planners. We are, um, we're a group of judgmental people. (laughs) (laughs) Understatement. Yeah. My goodness. I can't go to a friend's barbecue without being like, well, if it were me, I would have started this 15 minutes ago and had everything laid out. Yeah, you're looking at the buffet and you're like, well, why are the forks over there? And why are the napkins? And who would place the condiments before the hot dog and hamburger? Oh, forget it. Going to weddings is the worst. Oh my gosh. I can't go to a wedding without like, if I see a spill, wanting to reach for a radio or wanting to be like, hey, hi, there's a spill over in that corner. Is someone going to get, I can't. But like I said, we don't have the funds. So a lot of these webinars, a lot of these events are free to go to. And so because of that, there's just so much more opportunities, right? Like you know, before there was the big shows, there's the MPIs, there's the IMEX, there's the Connect Corporate, it goes on and on. But you have to choose which one can I go to because of location, because of timing, travel. And now we have all these webinars to go to. How do I prioritize my schedule right now to actually get what I want? Because it can also start being repetitive. Like Patrick said, you're signing up for something that you think is a networking event and it's a webinar. Or I get maybe two to three emails a day. And that's because I highly filter my emails telling me about a new platform to host an event. After a while, it's repetitive. How do you assess which one to go to? <laughs> like which event? Which event? Which webinar? What virtual event do you go to? Do you have a process or do you kind of just feel it out? Well, 
I'm a sucker for my association, so <laughs> if it has uh, yeah. MPI in it, I usually uh, give it a little bit more benefit out of doubt. There's also an organization here in Tampa that was founded to help event industry professionals. It's a grant-based company organization, so people can fill out and receive funding from them. But they started actually doing their own virtual networking sessions. A lot of it's just complaining, but it has been good to like listen to not complaining venting venting, venting. Yes. <laughs> venting. Not venting but it's been good to listen to and kind of hear what everybody else is going through and especially it's a different dynamic than what most associations are made out of because it could be a photographer a hairdresser kind of wide range av companies so it's been interesting to listen in on some of those conversations so i want to see those pop up i'm always like oh Maybe I'll check it out. But um, I've participated in a couple of those like faux webinar networking things or they have like a catchy subject line. And then when you actually watch it, that had nothing to do with what I thought I was signing up for. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, the marketing team did not speak to the creative and it's just like the worst. (laughs) So it's basically about what means that obviously president of MPI, duh, we know where your priorities lie, right? (laughs) So it's kind of about your personal priorities. I think on my side, I think my priorities shift to be week to week or day to day, right? It's kind of dependent on what my companies that I represent need. One week, it might be, I need you to find a platform. Another week, it might be, how do we creatively design our agenda in a virtual world? No, we do not want to attend an event at 7 p.m. on a Friday because it's virtual. No, it doesn't mean I need to be on a virtual event for 10 hours. No. I think it's kind of week to week on that, you know, how I try to manage my schedule and what I'm trying to learn. And at the same time, it's you're kind of forced to be a jack of all trades right now. If the world was open outside, I would never be attending webinars about a virtual event platform. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen or how to creatively design an agenda for a virtual event or stuff like that. I just would not be attending. And I think also for me, I do crave that networking and that hospitality because even though I'm a member of MPI, I'm in an area that doesn't have a local MPI chapter. So I'm actually pretty active in Florida's chapter and Florida's happy hour events because I want that interaction. I want to continue learning. And I've learned a lot from hotels just on what they're doing to be safe in the world right now. What about you, Patrick? For me, the advantage has been, I'm used to hopping on a plane, going to a city, maybe I'm attending an event, maybe not, and then doing, you know, a series of sales calls or something like that in a specific city. But now, you know, I'm not having to leave my house to do it. I'm actually able to go to other geographic regions quicker by dropping in. And again, like Navar said, using those associations, whether it be MPI or Site or a few other organizations that I'm on their mailing list and I see Site Minnesota is having a networking event. I I do know a few people. So I wrote some people out in Minnesota and said, hey, are you attending this? Yeah. So then I got myself an attendee buddy that can start introducing me to people in that region. So you have a virtual attendee buddy? Yeah, I had a virtual attendee buddy okay. in that region. And Stacey, it's funny because this is something that we actually talk about yeah. in our live in-person meetings and our networking 201. We talk about having that uh, attendee buddy. Yeah. Like if you're at an event trying to get somebody to go with you or, or meet that one person, make a connection and walk around with. Because when you're with somebody it helps you not feel like just that lonely person out and the two of you together can approach somebody easier than just... So you and Navar need to be virtual attendee buddies for sure. Oh, trust me, we have. We've been virtual attendee buddies on a a few different programs. 
but that's been the one advantage to this is I've been able to expand my network and therefore my company's network throughout this process that's been going on. So at the end of the day, yeah, are we down revenue? Absolutely. Everybody is. But, you know, we're actually trying to use this time to expand our network. And now we have so many new people and clients to clients that now know us that didn't know us before. That's interesting. You said expanding the network and growing that way. It's, <laughs> I have to say it. How are we pivoting in ways? Oh, that word. I know, right? How many times have you heard that word now? How are we pivoting in ways that stays true to us? We're trying to find creative ways to bring in funds, but it's not, I'm an event professional. I'm not a car salesman. I'm not a professional landscaper, right? So, but how can I use my expertise in a way that's going to expand and stay true to us? I don't know. Has Bush Gardens done anything or have you yourself, Navarre, done anything that you would not have done January or February <laughs> that you're doing now that you're kind of learning and growing from? I think me, the biggest thing was the online education that became available. A lot of our local universities all did different either certificate programs or free continuing education. So I signed up for a couple from UCF on management skills and kind of growing myself outside of my field. That's kind of huge to me. But the park-wise, we're just taking all of our safety. But you're saying management skills, right? That's not even outside. That's something that you use everywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I'm taking personal finance, management and communication. So it's been, they're big cool classes. It's all online. You're not interacting with anybody else, but it's perfect for those days when you don't really want to do anything. I just like put my iPod on and start taking classes. It's been great. I know, and a lot of people are taking um, emergency management classes too. I've seen that a lot. Something I'm doing, and I started it before and I'm restarting again, is I'm studying to be a sommelier. So I'm picking up wine and, and learning about wine and old world, new world, and different grapes and techniques and whatnot. It's just outside, but inside. I mean, how many high-end events do we do where you want to do a pairing, right? And it's just a different step within the industry. So, I mean, I think that's something that's pretty cool. This time forced you to do things that you didn't have time to take a management class, you know? And I think that's pretty awesome. I don't know, Patrick, what do you think? I think the people like Navarre that have taken advantage of the time that we were given that we didn't know we were going to be given and tried to do something with it. That's the smart thing to have done. I did a few certifications. FAU presented one, a hospitality field one, did that one, did a few other things and just trying to make good productive use of my time, but also expanding both for my company and, and inside of the industry, but also a few things outside of the industry. And, and Navarre, it sounds like you did the same thing, kind of expanding yourself, helping yourself. So, I also noticed that we are reaching out to our contacts more than we have before, right? So all these wellness checks, the organization, the company is telling you, hey, you know, you need to call your contacts and make sure they're okay. And it's kind of turning into this wellness check slash soft sell kind of call. What's really funny is when I get the wellness checks from people, I have no idea who they are. Hey, just checking in. I know you're doing good. I'm like, I have never. <laughs> like, who are you? Spoken to you before. Dane, my, who are you? Right? <laughs> and it turns into this soft sell. I don't know. With As an industry and as we keep going, right? You, you get so focused on doing and selling and signing the contract 
that you forget about the humanity side of it, right? Yeah. When this all started, I reached out to most of my contacts and I was like, hey, I know this is a crappy time. Just checking in, making sure you're okay. Hope everything's doing well. I don't know if you've been doing that a lot on your end with whether or not it's your contact that you are close with on a daily basis or just someone that you know you spoke to once. I don't know if you've been doing a lot of those wellness checks. Yeah, I definitely have. So I had actually just started my position at Bush Gardens on March 13th. Oh, girl. So, <laughs> yes. So, like, the world turned upside down, like, almost immediately. And I was furloughed on April 1st. And then I started back on June 1st. So, like, I didn't really have a chance to reach out to any of my contacts, even tell them I was there prior to everything happening. So it wasn't until beginning of July, I finally actually even reached out to my contacts and I was just like, hi, I wanted you to know I'm here. I'm well, I hope you're well. Like, so it was such a weird transition. Prior to this, I feel like I constantly wrote, hope you're doing well in an email and never really actually meant that. Like I was just like something you say Mm -hmm. and it has a whole new meaning now when you type in, I hope you're doing well. Right. (laughs) It's so true. I just had this conversation with my CEO of my medical org and I said, we're also so accustomed to like someone's asking, how are you doing? And you kind of just brush it off and you're like, oh, I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's all good. And it's like so many times if people have to stop me and be like, no, seriously, how are you doing? We're all trapped inside, outside's a place, a bad place. I don't know if we're cursing or not. And (laughs) you really do genuinely want to know, like, you know, I have family in the Bronx. So when people call and they say, how are you doing? They genuinely are asking, like, you have family in the epicenter right now. Or is everyone okay? Or Stacy, like, you're a social person and you're trapped inside. And on my side, 2020 has been a whole year. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I had this transition with my personal life and my father-in-law passed away in February and then COVID started and then my mother-in-law moved in and we didn't know what was the fate of our jobs and what we were going to do and everything happened all at once. And then somebody asked how you're doing and you just... I'm fine. Everything's all good. And it's like, I just want to go outside and go to a bar and have a drink and eat in a restaurant. And I just want to go see my family in New York. And I can't. (laughs) That's really your feelings, you know? And it kind of put in perspective how important your mental health is, right? (laughs) Like, it's really important to get through this. Good news for you, for all of us. There's only 144 days left in the year. So we're we're on the countdown there. Thank you. Also, Navar, one of your points when you said, I would always write, you know, at the beginning of an email, hey, hope you're doing well. And then blah, 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 and here's my ask. Yeah, like, yeah, or whatever. But yep. yeah, I, I switched up. And if you guys have ever written me, you know that, you know, either my out of office replies normally have like something humorous in them, or, you know, I normally put something funny in there or whatever. And some, some people don't care for the personality and some people really get a kick. <laughs> but at the end of my emails, I switched up because I've always been short in the end of my emails. I always say best Patrick. But I switched up and I started to people that I don't know as well. I put, blah, 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 here's my email. Thank you again, whatever. And then stay safe and sane. And then Patrick. Now, if I really know you, I say, stay safe, sane, and sober, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, not with all my cocktails. <laughs> and I normally get replies back off of those that are like, oh my God, you know me too well. Or, oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, I hope you're doing well too, or whatever. What are you doing right now, like through all of this to kind of just stay sane? What's your thing? 
I ride my bike at least twice a week, if not three or four times a week. I think last weekend I did over 50 miles. Oh. This weekend it was only 35. Nice. That's nice. nice. So, Good head clear. Yeah. And then it's all the drinking. So it's like I do something healthy yeah. and then I do I like the drinking. <laughs> Well, you and a lot of other people, it's kind of off topic, but fun. Like right now you can't buy a bike anywhere. Bikes are sold yeah, out. Because I want one. It's a bike shortage. Yeah, there's a big bike shortage, but also Paige wanted to get some kettlebell weights and personal improvement home stuff is out of stock. Peloton, there's like a huge back order on Pelotons. So, but yeah, it's it's interesting, Navar. And a lot of people, it seems like the outdoors has obviously become a big thing right now. Yeah, I have a Peloton. So I have been riding my Peloton and I want to actually get a bike to venture outside, but bike shortage, there's none. So Reno is right near Lake Tahoe and Truckee in California. And so I live in this like beautiful area where I could go hiking. This Bronx girl has bought hiking shoes and I actually do hikes now. And it's hilarious because like my mom is like, I don't want to hear anything about your hikes. There's snakes. There's wildlife. I don't want to have anything to, don't tell me about it. Just call me and ask me how my day is. That's it. But like, that's the only thing to do. I truly am enjoying it. You have to find some way to get out there. And I have a sensitivity to sitting in front of the screen too long. Like once I'm done with work, I typically don't like getting back on the computer again. That's that's all we do is look at screens. So I like just getting outside and doing something and not having to interact with a, another blue light. Yeah, I love hiking. I I keep seeing everybody that's doing all these cross-country trips right now and going all these national parks. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I want to go and do that. Like, this would be the perfect time. The parks aren't yeah. packed. We've had the same thought here. Paige is like, oh, let's rent an RV. And No, I'm not uh, doing that. That's too much. That's too much of a commitment to the outside. I'm not doing RVs. So <laughs> well, we are at that time. I can't believe it's flown by this fast. So, so let's go ahead and do one last thing. To wrap up, I wanted Navar to leave us with your personal nugget of wisdom. It could be anything from how to mix a cocktail, Mm. what your favorite cocktail is, or what two things not to mix in a cocktail to, I would recommend this bike ride. What is your last words that you would like to leave with everyone? So Prosecco makes everything better. So that's just kind of my philosophy on life. So having a bad day, just open a bottle of Prosecco. Prosecco makes everything better. My favorite cocktail, and it's a weird one, and but it's been popping up everywhere. It's called a Jungle Bird. I'm writing it. And it is amazing. As long as you like Campari. So it has okay. Campari, rum, pineapple juice, and a couple other things in it. But it is probably my favorite tropical cocktail. A Jungle Bird. Yeah. I'll be looking that one up. Thank you. Would you like to tell people where to find you and how to get in contact with you? Oh, yeah. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Navar Campbell CMP, or at Bush Gardens Tampa Bay, Navar.Campbell at bushgardens.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. This was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Thank you, Navarro. It was awesome hanging out with you. And I know people can't see your background that, that we see in our Zoom meeting here, but <laughs> Navarro looks like she's on a beach. I hope mm-hmm. it's not a virtual beach, but the waves haven't moved in some time. So I'm going to go ahead and say. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. So, you know what time it is? Paprika. I want to talk about your obsession <laughs> putting you on the spot. Mine? You're talking yeah. about me? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm talking about who else is there, Patrick? Okay, I'm ready. I'm listening. Bob Ross. Let's talk about Bob oh, Ross. Oh, Bob Ross. Okay. So I learned on a trip in Vancouver that the broke shoes 
have a love of Bob Ross. And listen, I like me some Bob Ross. Bob Ross is cool, but you love you some Bob Ross. What is that? My wife and I, we really, really like Bob Ross. And we have, you know, the twin five-year-old boys running around the house. Crazy. So over the last couple of years, we actually both refound Bob Ross. And what I mean by that <laughs> is during when the kids were taking a nap or whatever, and we wanted to have kind of chill time, you know, maybe we're listening to music. My wife likes smooth jazz through the house. Like that's a calming, emotional thing. Oh, I'm Otis Redding. But sometimes we like to put on Bob Ross because mm-hmm. that helps both of us take a nap because my God, you know, have you ever watched the show? And Bob Ross during my childhood, he was already done painting. His show stopped in something like 91 and mm. I was born in 95 or 85, but I was about to say, who you gonna lie to? Sorry. <laughs> but by the time that his were being shown on reruns on PBS, that was always my thing. And I think my parents or grandparents or whoever would take care of me at the time would show it just to make me fall asleep. But I love some Bob Ross. And so we watch him and it's just a smoothing thing. And the show was, I believe, the joy of painting. Have you ever actually painted any of them? Like you guys need to like, oh, God, no, not take a nap. Why not? Well, the man, everybody could do it. The, you got to beat the brush, brush like, you know, you're beating the devil out of it. Like, beat the devil out of the brush. Oh, my God. If somebody's listening to this and doesn't know that reference. I know they're going to be like. Yeah. So he he would always say now it's his favorite time. You know, he'd be cleaning a brush and say, now it's time to beat the devil out of it. He's very religious. And then he's just hitting it on like the bottom and paints just flying everywhere. And he has this like this like kind of crazy joy looking like he's going on. An interesting fact is that he actually, every painting that he painted, he painted it three times. He would paint it once when he would look at to discover it. He would paint it a second time to practice. And then the third time live on TV. So every painting that he ever did, he painted three times. And it was been said that in his lifetime, he painted 30,000 paintings. Oh, And the man paints and makes it look so effortless and easy and putting a happy cloud here and and maybe a little tree there. You have got to do it with the kids. That'd be so adorable. But anyway, the joy of painting is now turned into the joy of growing plants because after you learned about that, Stacey, (laughs) in the mail (laughs) at our house, a box came right at the beginning of the COVID and it was a Chia Pet Bob Ross. So his Afro is the, the Chia Pet and it's great. Let me tell you, when I got it at the store, like they looked at me like I was crazy. And then they looked at who it was and they're like, oh, Bob Ross is just an awesome dude. And I'm yeah. like, yep, I'm getting a Bob Ross cheap bet. Like, <laughs> it was fantastic. How could I have not? Yeah. So <laughs> Bob Ross, how much, I mean, how much more iconic PBS if you grew up in that era of PBS is Bob Ross. I mean, oh, my God. Know. Fantastic. Well, that was a random subject to bring up. I had to. I guess I had paprika, to. it's the seasoning that means nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever, I don't know. A little bit of paprika for you. A little you. bit of paprika. All right, guys. Thank you very much, Navar, for joining us. And until next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Episode produced by Patrick Brochu and CCN Van Dorian. Sound editing by Rocky Doria and song by Dr. Delight. <laughs>